from an undisclosed location high in the Hollywood Hills, it's time once again for the long shot. Tonight, nobody loves a dragon. Pumpkins are not squash. And Larry David. And now, please welcome the host of the long shot, Sean Conroy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night, good day, good dusk, good desk. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to The Long Shot. I am your host. My name is Sean Conroy. With me today on the show, a veteran of 2016, Amber Kenny is here. Hello. And another veteran of 2016, Jamie Flam. Stars and Stripes. Not here today, but also a veteran of 2016, Joe Wagner. He's doing okay. We had a long exchange with Joe today in Spanish. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about that. Okay. You all chimed in with the... Uh, he was writing his mom. He accidentally sent oh. us a group text that was supposed to go to his mom, and his his text to her was basically, I'm at the supermarket, do you need anything? And you wrote back, I don't want anything. No, I, I don't need, need anything. anything. Oh, no, I don't want anything, but I love pussy. Yes, that's what you wrote <laughs> Wait, back. But you knew that off the top of your head how to put that in Spanish? Yes. That's impressive. I was really <laughs> impressed by it. I was like, what am I missing? Is there like a translation app that they all have? <laughs> Well, Amber, you obviously switched your keyboard to I didn't, Spanish, or I you didn't. knew how to do that somehow. I just, I would delete, and it, when it would autocorrect, I would just... Uh-huh. Are you talking no, no, about No, no, but I'm saying the Enya's oh, and then the... If you just hold the, the yeah. letter, uh-huh. it'll give you options oh, of I the see. Enya's and the umlauts. Yeah, I don't stuff. know how to use my phone, so... Gramps, I'll walk Join you my mind. I, I had so much trouble with autocorrect, like I really... No, Trying that, to write in Spanish, I, I wrote all right. these things that didn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Joe. Then, then the conversation went on and on and on, and and it was all in Spanish. So but he's coming back. He should be here for the next episode. Yes, yes. He's he just will. with family. Is still. This is new fa- uh, ep- uh, season, or what? no, no, okay. It's the second. Yeah, this is a new season. The second episode of a second episode of a new season. <laughs> I, I didn't even know there was a first episode. <laughs> yeah, we said it in the New Year's. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was the end. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's time for a segment on the show. Oh, my God. That was me. That was Amber. <laughs> Some things never change. Amber. Uh, but time marches on. So let's find out what's been going on with a segment that we like to call Checking In. Check, 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 check. Let's start check, today with Jamie. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Classic headphones. It's what he talked about before the podcast. Strap in, folks. Oh, no, that's not even like... <laughs> I mean, I have a few things, but nothing... I mean, a lot's happened since we met. I mean, the world's changing. It's a new year. It's very exciting. Can you be more specific? Yes. Uh, the the story I'll tell, I don't know if it's going to pay off uh, par for the course. I haven't mm-hmm. grown in that way, but... Right. On Saturday night, we had a big show here in the lab at the Hollywood Improv. Um, it was a packed show. The premise of the show is stand-ups can do anything but stand-up. Um, That's what you want to do. You, you want to uh, make sure people are in out of their comfort zone. Exactly. Underbelly, right? Underbelly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And who walked in but Larry David, which is really, like, so I, from what Laura tells me, uh, Laura is our door guy. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren Michaels. I knew, I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, the last time he he's was our here. door guy, and he's full of stories that go back a long time. <laughs> Thanks again, Laura, for bringing us into the past. Uh, but the last time I heard Larry David walked in was like five or six years ago. 
we used to have a show here called Refried Fridays, which, uh, you know, it was a celebration of uh, Latino comedy. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody, nor is any Wh- comedy. Which night is mayonnaise? Mondays? Yeah, mayonnaise Mondays <laughs> yeah, for the, for the for white, white guys. People. Yeah. That's the only time we book white people. Okay, I don't know. This got racial and weird. and mm-hmm. But uh, for Larry I David... I do think that's weird. Like, I always find that weird. I mean... It's just weird to give them names like that, you know? I think it was a product of the 90s when they mm-hmm. had to do anything and everything to get people in, and you had to be very specific. with Right. Um, so Refried Fridays, and it was a, a great show, but for Larry David, who came up at the improv in the days before a theme like, show, <laughs> apparently walked in and was like, what's going on here? And I, my, I wasn't even attempting That was pretty to. good. Not bad. And then walked out, and that, that, that was the last he's been seen here. Since he's been at home recovering ever since yes. then, <laughs> and refried Fridays. <laughs> That's pretty good too. It's actually the easiest impression ever. Hey, hey. Uh, but he came in and he sat down, and everyone you can just feel it. And I've, we've talked about there's been these luminaries that have come in this club, but Larry David, it's kind of another level for it was for me. Like I was a little bit starstruck, and. Just to watch the show? Apparently. I, my guess is that he was in the neighborhood. He went to one of these fancy restaurants around here and was like, hey, let's go see what's up with the improv. But he walked in. There was a, Kevin Smith doing his podcast in the main room. I'm sure that was not what he wanted to see. Sure. But he sat down in front of the tech booth where I was, I was and I was like, this is really David. <laughs> and I just went up. I was like, D- are you welcome? Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Happy uh, Hanukkah. And That's a funny conversation because I feel like Larry David is such a self-conscious guy right. that he's going to be awkward no matter what. And mm-hmm. Jamie being awkward around him is probably like a black hole of awkwardness. Mm-hmm. It was pretty pretty awkward. But I was like, do you, do you want to perform? He's like, ah, no, 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 no. And then the lady he was with, <clears throat> I was like, no, do you want to perform? She's like, ah, I don't want to up the stage with them. It was a pretty witty off the, off the thing at the top of her head. It was, and then that was it. Um, I asked if I could get up a drink. They had a beer and a wine. They stayed for about... Which of them had what? Larry David had a Stella, and the lady had a wine. And Stella. <laughs> I like she, Stella. It's skunky, but good. It's a yeah, good kind that's of That's how I like my beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they watched for about six or seven minutes, and... Long uh, haul? This they, is at the... In the lab. Oh, okay. What was going on while they were watching? There's a comedian named Claire O'Kane. Oh, I love her. On stage. Claire's great. She was doing a song on the banjo about Jesus Christ. It was really funny. But I would imagine for someone coming to a comedy club. It's not. It's, you know. Like what the hell's going on? Kind of what the hell's going on. But she did well. She had a great set. I, I can't, I have no idea whether they liked it or not. Or if they were just like, oh, we're going to pop in. They finished half their drinks and then they quickly left. That's mm-hmm. when she was done. And he left $40 Holy on two crap. free drinks, which I was like, that's. He has more money than God. Yeah, he has a lot of money. But that's still like to, to I know told that you that story about my old uh, my old writing teacher, who was a producer on Seinfeld. And the second season, Jer- um, Larry asked him if they could be writing partners. He said, "Look, I really like your style. I like the cut of your jib. Can we be writing partners?" And my old writing teacher said, "I knew how crazy he was, so I said no." And aside from the fact that I would now be half a billion dollars richer than right. I am, it was the right, it was the right decision. decision. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. I thought they'd have regrets. No. No. So, but I thought that we were talking about tipping, I think, on one of the last couple episodes. God bless him. That's super sweet of him. I took a swig of his beer. Jamie. 
Did you really? <laughs> I did. What a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I thought I figured if nothing else I've, had added. My lips touched the same <laughs> bottle that Larry David's lips touched. I'll never brush my teeth again. Yeah. I'm never going to empty my stomach again. Yeah, I guess that was a pretty weird. <laughs> it seemed like a funny thing to do. Was it good? It was skunky. Skunky, but good, right? <laughs> it's very skunky, but very good. Stella Artois. <laughs> No, I mean that's a, that's a, I would be I would be starstruck if Larry David was oh, yeah. was anywhere near me. You know, I mean I, that's still one of my favorite showbiz memories was improvising with Larry David. Oh. Uh, like on the swarm? No, no, no. Uh, I wish. No, it was in an audition. We, I auditioned for Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, and uh, so it was just me and him uh, improvising together, which was what was the scene about. Well, it's funny you should ask because it has to do with our topic today. Am I covered in? I am covered in mm-hmm. fucking. There's glitter all over the table. God damn it! <laughs> I'm not. I'm. Oh, I got my wife five. is going to think I went to a strip club. <laughs> um, no, uh, the scene was that I was a policeman mm-hmm. whose name was Officer Krupke, and didn't know that that was a didn't know guy. right the. F- and that's kind of all they gave me was, you know, you, you don't know who Officer Krupke is. Larry David is insistent that I have to know. And what I added to the scene, I felt, was that I told him that my wife and I went to the musical theater all the time. And I right. had never, not well, only had I never heard of Officer Krupke, I had never heard of West Side Story. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and he just kept, you know, it was perfect because he just right. kept getting angrier and angrier. Uh, but I bet... Failed to get the part, so it wasn't that great. Who did? Uh, it's a guy I know whose name I don't remember, but he's an I.O. guy. Older guy, Chicago guy. Really, really nice guy. And I think probably more like a cop than I am. Mm. So I could see their choice going that way. Mike, he's on Beer Shark Mice. I forget his mm. last name. Um, so you saw Larry David. Saw Larry David. Uh, so that was neat. <clears throat> fan, big fan. Uh, oh, the jelly. So you, you gave us jelly for the holidays. I did. And I got squash again, kabocha. Been continuing with my kabocha, or my squash in general phase of cooking a lot of squash. And kabocha right squash. Yeah. I didn't know that was a phase. I mean, I guess it's a seasonal phase. Mm-hmm. I've been in and out in the last couple of so years. So you're still in your squash phase. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Starting in 2017. Lots of vitamin A. And been roasting it, and there's a lot of seeds like pumpkin. I, a pumpkin is a squash, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah, same family. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I prompt. Well, I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I did no. I, I just I don't believe it. A pumpkin. I think you're wrong. In either case, they're Why? very similar. <laughs> just arbitrarily. <laughs> I think you are mistaken when you say that pumpkin is a squash. Not all pumpkins are. Not all squash or pumpkins. But all pumpkins are squash. In fact, I will say this. Pumpkins are not squash. I will agree with that. I 100% believe that. Wait, wait, no, no. Pumpkins are squash. <laughs> they are not. Pumpkins are squash. But pump- anyway, go ahead, Jamie. <laughs> okay, Andrew, hurry. I need this. I need this victory, man. Okay, uh, but they're seeds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like pumpkin seeds. But I'd never... I, pumpkin seeds, yep. Pumpkin seeds are, you know, you roast them. It's a thing. You go, you get... David, who's famous for his seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, pumpkin seeds are one of his... David? David seeds. David sunflower seeds. Pumpkin oh, seeds. You, if you saw the label, you'd be like, oh, Yeah, David. it's like the uh-huh. green stripe. Right. And- <clears throat> Not every pumpkin is a squash, but every squash is a rectangle. No. 
Oh. It was my attempt at a joke. <laughs> um, Fail. <laughs> this will be edited out. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He has the ultimate power. Um, squash and pumpkin both are part of the same family, but they're not the same thing. What's the family? Like the McGillicuddies? <laughs> no, it's they live Kerwick? over on West the Street. Cucurbitaceae? No. C U C U R B I T A C E A E. That's the same as our greeting on the long shot. A, pump- a pumpkin <laughs> is a type of squash. A pumpkin is a type of squash. Squash is considered a fruit and it grows on a vine. It's a fruit? Yeah, mm-hmm. hell yeah it is. It's got so fruit. pumpkins are not squash. Seeds. Pumpkins are squash. Pumpkin is a type of squash. Who says? The internet. Healthy Great. living. <laughs> why? Why? Why Healthy is this living. what you're taking a stand on? Because I don't think it's much else. In U.S. and Canada, <laughs> uh, the squash is divided into winter or summer squash, depending on when they're harvested. They're exact. They like have the same parts. So pumpkins are not. Squash. Oh, I know what you're doing. You get it. You're playing confused. No. No. Oh, he's <laughs> he's being our Trump. president-elect. Yeah. Uh... Pumpkins are not squash. Go ahead. So what happened? You, you roasted a pumpkin and you used jelly on it. <laughs> the seeds. <laughs> Did you really? I had a friend that was over helping me cook them. She suggested that we should make these, uh, cook these seeds. Why not? Mm-hmm. I went online. Lots of great resources online for how to cook a kabocha squash seed mm. and we needed a little extra flavor and what was right there but your jelly it was like a i think i traded with someone oh you got the pepper jelly yeah it was the hot That's pepper why. jelly oh so it was spicy it was yeah, it was it had a little bit of spice mm-hmm. and they were really good because I was, I was gonna say like putting some sweet jelly yeah, on that would be weird would be kind of weird but now it makes sense yeah but it was really delicious so thank you you added something to my palate mm-hmm and I appreciate that. Also, I, I, it's, I, I said I wasn't going to mention this. I walked in the room tonight. Your hair is coming in. Well, it's been in the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is he not? And I know you've been doing this gratitude thing, which maybe you want to talk about later, but you're like a different human. I don't think so. I think so. Is he not, does he not have like an immaculata glow? I don't well, know if it's immaculata it's later immaculata, as you're yeah. drinking Jack, but. <laughs> you look good. You do too. You're just happy to see us. I guess I, I am. It's just dark in here. <laughs> but no, you have a, a, a glow too. Are you high on drugs? No. No. All right. Well, God it's bless all the glitter you. that's on the table. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Jamie's never seen me happy except for on drugs. <laughs> Not true. No, you have like just a glow though. I'm taking care of myself. I started I have trying not something started. new. But soon I will. <gasps> Aerial wrapping paper. That's awesome. Okay, back to the show. <laughs> I'm done, so you guys can move on. Okay. For listeners of the podcast, she's not talking about wrapping paper that is floating in the air. She's talking about the Little Mermaid. Uh, all right, now. Oh, gotcha. So the the upshot of all that is that pumpkins are not squash. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is gonna be a frustrating four years on lots of levels. Amber, checking in. Um. So Jeff's. Parents and grandmother came into town on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time that they've ever come to L.A. since Jeff and I have been dating. I've only met them a couple times before in... You were there, right? You went to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it was also Cromfest. It was a comedy festival. Right. So we so were staying there unusual. with like 10 other comics right. and we were going to shows. It wasn't... 
So this was kind of our first really bonding time. And they came in on New Year's Eve. It was pouring rain. Both Jeff and I got a cold just in time for New Year's Eve. So um, they stayed at the hotel. The Sheridan, like, connected to Universal City Walk. Mm -hmm. So on New Year's Eve... You went to Universal City In the City rain, Walk. with colds, we were Ugh. at Universal City Ugh. Walk. And both of us were like, this is crazy. Like, we would never in a million right. years do this. What happens there? It's just... They have a celebration of the new year? Oh, cool. We, yeah. we left before that. Okay. Um, we just had dinner. And it was actually kind of mellow, I think, because it was pouring rain. Right. But, like, everything about it is... I would have opted for none of these right. things. Right, right. Um, but it was really nice to spend some time with them. They were watching... Because Jeff's aunt and uncle were also there. So when we got to their hotel room, they were watching old family movies, mm -hmm. um, like home videos, because Jeff's sister had compiled a bunch of them and, and digitized them and edited them down so it was less dead air mm -hmm. with like titles of what year it was and what location. That's awesome. So yeah, they were watching some of them and it was kind of- Except for those, so she cut out all the parts where the family just sat and stared at the camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so it was fun to see him as- a little kid, like it's a fun glimpse. Into. What's your what? Would, how would you describe him? You guys are gonna puke, but um, the sweetest soul of all time. I was expecting him to be like. <laughs> I was expecting him to be like rolling his eyes or something because he's the oldest, and there's um, his sister's like a year or two younger than him, and then there's two that are ten years younger. So there's like little kids running around. So I was expecting him to be rolling his eyes or pouting or something, but he was just like loving on the little babies. And I know, I know he knew the cameras on, but he just seemed like a sweet soul. Quiet. Quiet, sweet soul. Well, they were silent movies, I assume. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. Oh, they weren't? Uh, and so that was fun. And then they just wanted to do all the touristy things. So we spent New Year's Day. So we were at City Walk and then we went to the Santa Monica Pier which on New Year's Day, for some reason, it was sh like shoulder to shoulder to get on the pier. Again, all of these places I would have the never. The pier is gone. always pretty crowded, yeah. so I could see how it would be worse. Well, because people New are Year's out Day. of town for yeah. um, the parade, and the parade wasn't on the first this year. And so. probably a lot of New Year's resolutions to be on a pier. Mm -hmm. To make an appearance? To make an appearance on the pier. Cross <laughs> it off their yearly bucket list. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then um, we went to the farmer's market and like the Grove, like everything was just- The Grove. I'll never forget when I took my parents to the Grove, my, my dad was like, the hell are we doing here? <laughs> I know, this that's a, what I is a mall. <laughs> the farmer's market's nice. The I love the Grove. The farmer's market's nice, yeah. And we went to Dupar's attached to the farmer's market for dinner and his dad got a glass of buttermilk with his meal. And I was just like, we get it. You're from the Midwest. Like, like That's down. on the menu? Yeah. Dupar's is very like 19... Is it 50s? 50s. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Really? Yeah. Their pancakes are incredible. Really? It's not cheap. No. But it's big portions. Oh, All right. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Stop. So they also... They went up north for a little while. And then they came back on Friday. Up north like... Like wine country. Canada? Yes. Oh. <laughs> wine country. Yes. And they came back on Friday and they came, Jeff has a show Friday nights at DeSano's, the pizza place. So they met Jeff there for dinner and then I met all of them there. This is boring. I was at work, so I wasn't there exactly when they had they dinner got there. while you were still at work. 
I, I was there for dinner. I just, they had arrived before I did. I see. And so we all had dinner together, but then he had to set up for the show. So I had like a solid two hours with his folks. It takes two hours to set up that show? Well. Microphone. They wanted, they were hungry. So they were there early for dinner. Mm-hmm. What happened? He didn't have to be setting Amber, up the show the whole Amber time. Amber just shut down for a second. The cyborg just went dead. I know. She was a cyborg the whole time. She was like, they were hungry. Um, but yeah, it was interesting just entertaining them uh, for an extended period of time. So it was a long the, conversation it was the most, them. And I kept telling them things about Jeff's life that I didn't realize they didn't know. And I was like... He's never going to let me spend time with yeah. him alone ever again. Like what? That's a tricky one. Well, like I just was like, oh, you know, d- like he hosts bingo every every Sunday at the Roosevelt. That's like one of his gigs. And Jamie's old gig. Mm-hmm. I started that. That was my thing. No one is taking Jeff. that away from you. So what happened? Pumpkins aren't squashed. So what else? <laughs> um, but So I mentioned that and they're like, oh, what? Tell us more. I was like, I didn't really like. I and he made the Amber. How the hell could you tell my parents that I host bingo on Sunday nights? Do you know how afraid they are of balls with numbers on them? Well, I think he just didn't want them to come because oh. he hosted it the night New Year's Day, which was a Sunday, mm-hmm. and they were in town. But um, but yeah, they're really nice, and it was nice to spend some time with them. So this was- is your stand-up, huh, son? You just pull out balls and say the numbers. <laughs> And Seems like your career is going very well. And they came into my apartment, which two years ago, I think I would have been a fucking nervous wreck about pleasing them. Mm-hmm. And I am either more comfortable in my skin or I was sick enough to not give a fuck. But I was just like, this is us. Like, yeah, I would have taken a shit on the floor before they got there. <laughs> just flip them off the time. you. <laughs> you clean it up, idiot. What are you talking about? This is where we live. <laughs> and they went to the Rose Parade on Monday, but Oof. we didn't go. And they had a really good time. Because his grandma used to live in Pasadena for years oh, and years cool. and years. So it was like her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had a nice trip, and I enjoyed spending time with them. The Rose Parade. You know, that's been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was at one point in my life, uh, not to make this about me, but it was like a thing. Like, oh, yeah, there's the Rose Parade over here. You, wa- you wake up and you watch it. <gasps> me too. But not oh, for no, 15 I would, years. I would go in person. I went one year. We got RVs and like waited out all night. Yeah, but now I forget that it's on. But it, it replays all day. My friend Leo Allen had had a joke that I don't really remember. But I know I Leo. The, Name drop. There you go. Uh, he was on one of our shows. <laughs> but he, uh, he had a joke he used to tell where he would say his friend asked him to go to a parade. And he was like, yeah, let me go meet you and stand outside right. for a couple hours while people walk by. By the way, I, I put on my, my list of things like, Jamie, produce a parade. <laughs> Who's producing parades? Like that's in the orchestra. That's in the world now. And it seems much more doable. Like why can't anyone produce a parade? I'm sure you have to have all kinds of permits. <laughs> I right? like it. I, I like get it. some permits. I like it. I like it. Just I'm putting You're it out You're going to conduct an orchestra, lead a parade. The parade, I think, is like <laughs> the, the orchestra. Doable. It's the most doable. Just make, get a street. Make pumpkins officially a squash. <laughs> Oh, and make it afloat. Here's the thing that I thought was insane. Mm-hmm. Your 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 joke, Leo Allen's joke about meeting right. people at a parade, um, because the whole first day we were with um, just parents, his grandma, 
and their aunt and uncle, they were a full car. So we had to drive separately. And so, um, I was doing something when they were deciding what to do. Mm-hmm. And I, ca- and I came out, I was like, okay, what's the plan? And they're like, we're going to Santa Monica and everyone like got in their cars. And I was like, we're going to Santa Monica. Like <laughs> we're never going to fucking see those people right, again. Right. And then, and I was like the whole drive, I was like, that's a crazy plan. Like we should have had a sort of a stopping point. Mm-hmm. We got out of the car. We saw them immediately. I was like, I'm wrong. I yep. guess. Third street. I mean, right. But, no, we just walked towards the pier and we saw them, but it was so crowded. Yeah. Like the, the idea of just saying like, I'll see you in Los Angeles. Right, right. Like, it, it was driving me insane. I'll meet you there. Yeah. And it worked. So egg on my face. Well, so that's that great. And so do you feel like you know them better now than you yeah, did I think before? So. And I feel like they know me better. Um, because we had su- okay. <sighs> I hope they don't listen to this. They I'm not, not going to say anything bad about them, but mm-hmm. like they're very Midwestern in the sense that there are times that you can maybe this isn't a Midwestern thing. I'm attributing this to Midwestern. Well, you live in a bubble on the coast. So. I am a coastal elite and mm-hmm. proud of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> but like you can say something to them, mm-hmm. and just how you did that. That to me is a normal response. Right. They will just stay like not respond. Blank faced. So I'm like, I don't know if you understood mm-hmm. or liked it or hated it or and um so when I first met them the first time in Omaha, I was like losing my mind because I thought they wish I wished I was dead. Like I thought the mom especially hated my guts. But um especially because sometimes my humor, if you don't know my whole personality. You're just like, oh, she's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. (laughs) (laughs) And I am, but also, I don't know how to explain it. Like I could just see the way if, if I would say like, I totally get it. Some wacky thing. And just you react stone faced. I was like, I'm I'm playing an idiot character. Yes. Or I don't know. I'm pretending. But, but I made... (laughs) Make believe, you know, make believe. <laughs> this is so, this is such a crazy. The pantomime, it's, a, it's an art form. Um, but I bonded with his grandma like two years ago. I fucking mm-hmm. love the grandma. She's hilarious and sweet and wonderful. And I was like, you get it. The grandma. But um, I made, maybe this is a sociopathic way of looking at it being success, but I made both his dad and his mom laugh at different times. So like, it felt like. There's a They're moment of understanding understand you, yeah. and a moment of bonding. And they watched Jeff's whole comedy show and the comics didn't hold back. There was like whole like filthy, filthy, filthy acts. And it's just funny to be sitting next to his dad hearing what he's laughing at. Mm-hmm. He likes the word titties. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Cut to them listening to this podcast. I wish I didn't say that on a podcast. I wish I didn't say that on a podcast. Cut to them listening to the podcast. You know, it's like, honey... Why don't we listen to the podcast Amber told us about? No, they don't. You, you like the word titties? How dare you? <laughs> no, but they're they were they were wonderful. They're good people, and I like I get them now. What word did she too. like? She was on the other cock. side. I don't know. I was on the, she loves the I word was cock. I was on the aisle, so only his dad was next. Cock and balls, <laughs> or even I guess girls go crazy for balls. Yes. <laughs> I don't I know. I'm talking about the word, not the actual thing. <laughs> mm, show me some ball cleavage. Uh, all right, so I went home for Christmas. Um, I obviously have lots and lots of 
nieces and nephews at this point. So I went to many, many CYO basketball games. Which oh, really? Was, which was really fun. Yeah. yeah. It's funny to watch fourth and fifth graders play It's like basketball. puppies playing basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's also funny because it's like... Uh, there's such a disparity of skill level amongst the kids. Like you can learn so much if you're, I mean, there's that whole uh, outliers thing of, uh, you know, six months is a huge amount of time totally. for kids to get better at something and be more physically coordinated. But it was funny to watch. It was also funny to see how seriously in a totally dickish way, some of the parents take Ugh. this stuff. And these kids are fourth and fifth They're grade. They're so clearly like laying there so <clears throat> forth just I mean, directly unbelievable. on top of At one kids. point, uh, twice actually I saw this, the refs stopped the game, turned to parents and say, you need to stop and don't say another word. Because the parents what were- What were they saying? I, they were heckling the ref. Like, oh, come on, ref. You don't know what the fuck you're looking. Like, just crazy it's shit. Like, like for- What are yeah, the, the stakes? stakes could not be yeah. lower. Right. Um, oh my god! So that was fun, and those that doesn't fuck up those kids at all. Oh my god! There was one kid on on a team that my my nephew was playing, who's the kid's name I know was Johnny because his mother was, was like, sitting Johnny, like, Johnny. I swear to God, she sat behind me, and all she did the whole game was go shoot it, Johnny, shoot it, shoot it, Johnny. Come on, Johnny, shoot it, shoot it, Johnny. And you know what? Johnny fucking shot it every time he touched it, and he was. Clearly, he was physically better developed than a lot of the other kids on the team. So he was a little better at basketball than a lot of kids on the team. But what a fucking asshole of a yeah. mother is, and turning the kid into an asshole. You know, you don't right, want to play right, with right. the kid who just shoots it every time. Well, it's down. also like, really, Mosh? Do you think I should shoot it towards a hoop? Right. Do you think that's yeah. what right. I should do in basketball? Um, Johnny. <laughs> so that Johnny. was, uh, so that was fun. But, um, here, here, okay, so here's here was a here was a, I'm going to talk about a nice moment that I had, which was, um, I was at my brother's house, and one of his kids, his oldest kid, was out at a professional basketball game, like a minor league. Lots of basketball happening. Yeah, they they they're all obsessed with it. Um, which it's is a good great. Sport. Yeah, it's a great sport. Uh, they're fucking eight, so I don't know how tall they are. Um, I mean, is, is six foot two tall for an eight-year-old? I would say extremely. <laughs> so yeah, the, 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 yes, they're so yes. tall. Okay, cool. Um, wow. Didn't so, know that was a sensitive topic. <laughs> well, I guess I'm just saying, how the fuck should I know how tall they are? Because they're not grown yet, right. you know. No, I guess in comparison to the other kids that are around, who knows? They're they're all eight. <laughs> I mean, like what percentile? You do. Ten. <laughs> like the other ones on the team, you could. Oh, they're all in the ninety fourth percentile <laughs> of height. Okay, that's what I was looking for. Uh, Ooh, that's the best percentile. But but uh, <laughs> unless ninety five. So he's out at a basketball game, and it was late. I, like I mean, the kids, the kids eleven years old. And he was out at a basketball game. It was probably 1030 at night. And I could tell that his parents were, we're getting to freak out. a little bit like, okay, it's time for him to be home. So he finally came home. Oh, there's a part of this story that I need to interject, but I'm not going to say it yet. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, it's something that already should have been set up, but now it's whatever. But he came home and... We can fix it in post. My... Nieces and nephews are all very good at either acting very excited to see me or pretending that they're very excited to see me. Like they just, they're like, Uncle Sean, 
again. And Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. That they're that they're being sincere. Yeah. Wait. What's the difference between acting like and pretending like? Acting like they really are that way. Now you're gonna see your Uncle Sean tonight. Oh, I would just have phrased it. Hype it up. Being excited to see me. Because well, English act- is my third language, so no, I don't no, speak but the it as accurately like, to as me you do. seems like the same as pretending. But no, they, so either they're sincerely happy to see me, or they're pretending that they're sincerely happy to see. They're me. happy to see you. I think so. Uh, so he comes in. He's like Uncle Sean, and he comes over, and he's about to give me a big hug, and he stops. And this is the part that I should have set up beforehand, which was that my brother had bought his kids, or his wife also, and himself. Two puppies for Christmas. Oh, dang. Two golden retriever puppies. Picks, or I don't believe I don't, it. I don't, I probably have some somewhere. But. You've heard of uh, 101 Dalmatians? Mm-hmm. This is two golden retrievers. Correct. <laughs> and they are absolutely as adorable as you can uh, possibly imagine. They're brothers? Uh, I guess so, yeah. And they love each other, and they love a family? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do they but fall so, on each other? So, yes, they do. They play with yarn balls. But That's cats. All right. <laughs> they are behind the kitchen counter in an enclosure, and I'm standing behind the kitchen counter. So he comes around the kitchen counter to give me a hug and sees these puppies for the first time. I was not aware that, that he, he didn't know that they were getting puppies. And the look on that kid's face, oh. it was un. Believable. It was like watching, you know, he looks, he can't believe it. He's thrilled. He still can't believe it. He's, he adores them instantly. And then he realizes that his parents, so he ran back around and jumped on his parents and gave them a hug. Yeah. Uh, That's heaven. It was uh, pretty, it was pretty sweet. Uh, It was pretty, pretty sweet. And he's, he's just turned 12 the other day. So I think he's on the. The downhill slope as far as adolescence goes. So I don't know how many more of those moments they're going to be for a while, you uh. know. But it just to me was like I, I don't, you know, I don't have kids of my own. So to see a kid like that, I'm like, oh, I, I get it, you know, I get it. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty Oof. amazing. That's like uh, when I got yeah. my Beatles doll in Boston when I was 12 mm-hmm. in a hotel, the Omni. Same, same story. It is similar, <laughs> like. I went on this trip to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were driving all up and down the East Coast. We kept the Beatles dolls were very popular at the time. What did they? There, there was a Sgt. Pepper edition and then the regular edition with the Beatles in there. But there were these dolls in all these stores, and I was obsessed with the Beatles, and we'd see them everywhere. And my parents went down to the store, and I walked into the hotel room in Boston, and there it was, John or Paul or George or Ringo. <laughs> You're not sure <laughs> it which meant one. Meant a lot to you. No, my bar mitzvah was right after that, so I ended up. Getting, getting most of the collection. collection. Mm-hmm. But I was just, yeah, like thrilled. Like that love for your like parents that you thought of me. It was the best. Anyway. Well, and was there, was your weird uncle there when you got it? Yeah. Did it turn, did it make the tree get big? No, but <laughs> <laughs> did it make the tree big? Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jamie, keep up, would you? <laughs> uh, all right. So that happened. And then here's another funny thing, which is I have one nephew and I think, I don't know if I've talked about him before. But he is the person, he's like the most social person you've ever met in your life. He is friends with everybody, everywhere they go. He's seven, by the way. He's not, you know, at all grown. But, um, you know, he's he's just like, 
everybody loves this kid. And uh, thank you. Oh, you're the sweetest. Um, so. We're listening. Yeah. <laughs> my, brother, my brother and I are sitting in his living room playing video games. Playing, I don't know what, Star Wars or Battlefront or some shit. Arachnoid. And I'm not good at them. I've still never learned how to play them. I don't get it. We're playing on a split screen with two... Uh, you went through a little bit of a video game phase, didn't you? I did. I played a lot of Mortal Kombat, but that was... No, it was an adult, like three or four years ago. That's what I'm saying. I did, oh. I, But all I did was play Mortal Kombat, mm. and it was just because I was seeing someone at the time who was, and we would just get stoned really and play video combat. games. And it, it, well, the thing that blew me away was how good the animation was. So when somebody got their spine ripped out and got decapitated, it you just looked awesome. Every vertebrae. But so my brother and I, my brother and I are playing and I'm not good. I don't know what I'm doing. And my two nephews are right next to me and they're like, they're like, uh, you know, uncle Sean, do you want us to help you? And I go, yeah, yeah, sure. So I just gave them the, the controller. So now my brother's playing against his kids. He doesn't want to do that. Like he plays with right. them all the time. So he, and he, by the way, he's hilarious because he has his own controller that he won't let anybody else use. He's like, you guys know the rule. And they're like, don't touch dad's controller. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he, uh, so finally my brother says here, uh, Sean, he gives me his controller. And so now I'm playing against my nephew, my one little nephew. And like I said, this kid is seven years old and he, he started calling me already. Uh, he started calling me Sean instead of uncle Sean, which I find hilarious. And I like that cause it's always weird for me. I still call my uncle, uncle Pat. And I it just, it's always weird. Right. It just is it a, is weird a weird thing. thing, you know? So all my other nephews and nieces call me Sh uncle Sean, but he, he just calls me Sean. So now we're playing some game. Jesus, this fucking glitter is ridiculous. Uh, now we're playing some game where it's the two of us against a bunch of other guys. So we're working together. That's fun. So he is, he's like murdering everybody, but he thinks I should be doing more. And he starts, he's like, Sean, come on, get that guy, get that guy. And then he goes, come on, you got to get that guy, bro. <laughs> I just thought that was so fucking hilarious. And I just turned to him, I go, oh, really, man? <laughs> Come on, bro. Uh, yeah, it was really, really funny. So anyway, it was great. I, I had a great time, and I was glad I got to spend as much time as I did with them. That's awesome. That's How long lovely. were you there? I was there for a week. That's great. And That's a great uh, amount of time. Really just hung out. Top time. At home all that time and spent time with them. Like literally went to those games almost every day because there was a tournament going on and then uh yeah that was it so pretty unexciting but pretty fun well merry christmas happy new year happy annika see you next fall happy kwanzaa yeah yeah uh all right well it feels like this is a time to take a break and we will do that and we'll be right back with some more stuff We are back. You are listening to The Long Shot. It is a podcast. Jamie is in a slapsticky way getting his <laughs> headphones off the mic stand and onto Whoops. his head. Whoa. Josh Fadem <laughs> over here. Um, 
I know Josh Phantom. Uh, <laughs> so, so there. Uh, well, we thought today, we thought today for a topic, which we haven't, I feel like we haven't done a topic in a long time. Oh, just rambling. Yeah. yeah. Rambling. Just sadness. like, oh, let's do a long checking in. Let's navel gaze a little yeah, bit yeah. more. <laughs> uh, well, today we're going to do a topic. And our topic for today is one that is near and dear to my heart. Musicals. Musicals, musical theater, shows, that type of a thing. Uh, so why don't we start today? Why don't we start with Jamie? Okay, I'll start. <clears throat> I didn't know that was the topic we went with, so I didn't prepare a specific story. Unbelievable. It's believable. I wasn't in here when you decided. So I... Oh, our drinks are coming in. Nice. Musicals are very near and dear to my heart as well. <laughs> they they're nearer and dearer to my heart, but go on. I don't know. It's well, not a competition. You know, everything in my life has been leading up to me making a musical. <laughs> and I think about this a lot because they say, and I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast, but whatever you were doing when you were in like seventh, eighth grade is what you should be doing with your entire life. I that's skipped what, eighth grade. Oh, then that's why you're Should I kill myself? You were in UCB in seventh, so. Uh, but I've talked about this before. I did something called Star Spot Theater every summer between like you know, fourth or fifth grade and like seventh or eighth grade. And so every summer, my summer camp was go to this Kadima Elementary School in uh, Woodland Hills. Kadima's fun. Kadima's the best. It was like a little Hebrew or Jewish school. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it was an elementary school. They had a theater. Do you know what Kadima is? No. That game you play on the beach with two paddles and a ball back and forth? That is called Kadima? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you doing a Trump There's, fact again? Nope. Oh, I don't know. I think what there's like a word play. Kadima. No, it's not. It's not a word play. It's a. It's a game you play on the beach. Oh, I don't you know. You've seen those guys with the paddle and they hit the ball back yeah. and forth. Paddle ball. No. Kadima. Not on the beach. Yeah. Okay. On the beach is Kadima. Yeah. Everyone knows that. How do you spell it? K a d i m a. Yeah. So you go to this fucking camp. What about the one with where you have a like a. Um, a circle that is just Velcro. Uh huh. And then the ball yes. sticks to it. Do I don't you know, know what that's about? called. Yeah. That's Josh fun. him over here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fun because you just have Fadum. to like yeah. touch it and yeah. it catches it. Uh, so, so, what happened? Quick, wait, no, Kadima, it's a 21st century political party in Israel. It's also a town in Israel. Uh-huh. It's a 19th century proto Zionist <laughs> student association. It's a youth group for grades six through eight. It's a Seattle based group. That's part of the new Jewish agenda, and it's a beach paddleball game, <laughs> also known also known as Matcott. Is that true? Yeah, that is so weird that you know Kadima. It's I uh, know so many things. No, it's because it's it's a it's, it's a Israeli invented game. Oh, there you go. It wasn't that I doubted your knowledge. You've bit your bit lately has been saying untrue things very I earnestly. Only did that, I only did that once, but, but uh, that was your thing. I'm not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Jamie. The boy who cried wolf yeah, over yeah. here. So, and my cousin Dana, she was doing it, and we'd go to see her plays, and then we're like, let's do this a little bit. So you'd go there from like eight a.m. to <laughs> what like. You, what were you, you old do? Jewish men when you were a kid? I don't know <laughs> what happened. There. <laughs> but you'd drive in. As you do. <laughs> at, Start at the beginning. You get in the car. Well, yeah, you turn on the ignition. You pack your paddles so and what your happened? ball. So what happened, Jimmy? You go in. But it was every, so it's five days a week, eight to three. Um, Whoa, you're like a professional actor. Yeah. And you, to start 
before camp, and it's like three months. And at the end of the three months, everyone's cast in a role. You perform like for a week straight. There's two shows a night or whatever it is. And depending on how big the camp was, there'd be like an A team and a B team. Like, you know, here's all the people that are doing these nights. But you go in an audition. And the first time I went in an audition, they make you sing and dance and do like a scene. Mm-hmm. And being like nine or 10 years old and doing it. So what it, did you sing? I have I can no remember mm-hmm. memory of it. But, you know, the first summer was Greece. I played like... Uh, you know, chorus number three or some guy named like mm. David who was like just in the back. and That's a good part. And then the next summer was I think Peter Pan and I got the part of uh, twin number two. I think there was a twins in the Lost Boys. So I had a couple lines now. Hell yeah. I think there's maybe one line in the I'm first assuming one. they were fraternal twins. I believe they were. In this production. Yes. Right. And then I think the third one was... Bye Bye Birdie. And that was my big breakout. Mr. McAfee mm. really discovered comedy and yelling and being stupid <laughs> and fun. Comedy is all about yelling. In this case, it was. And I, I recently got a tape of it. And I can't watch it because I'm, I'm too embarrassed. But Please bring it in. And then the we audio. did Grease again when I was Roger. There's a, they only know four <laughs> musicals. They would, do like, they would do them all year long, but I was only in the summer oh, part. Oh, got it. So there's people doing Annie and then I did Little Shop of Horrors and a chorus line. But I had so much fun. I was truly in my element, not just you know performing and, and learning lines and being part of these musical productions because they were these big productions and they were really well made. And but just w- being with my people, mm-hmm. like I was a total weirdo. Like I mean, the weirdo I am now. Like as a kid, I remember doing the dumbest, weirdest shit, and I was like, "Oh, that's that weird kid," and I loved it. And I don't know if I've told this exact story, but I remember getting to seventh grade. And yeah, you told this one. Really? No. <laughs> it's not even a story, but it's a big thing in my life where. I loved it more than anything. I was like uh, on the road to doing musical theater and performing and, and, and all that stuff. But then in junior high, it just was not cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Junior high is the fucking worst. It was not cool. And I was like, I'm done with this. And I wasn't, and I, I dropped this thing that I loved so much. And then it was a few years ago when I started to work with Vanessa and I was like, Oh my God, all the comedy stuff I'm doing has some sort of musical element. And I remember seeing waiting for government and being like, Oh, this is like, kind of parroting that world that I was in. And that was such an inspiration to me comedically. And now I want to write musicals and all the things I've been doing with Vanessa over the years. And, and there's so many, like there's I'll musical. Choreograph. Yes. Anyway, that's I'll direct. I love musical <laughs> world. And like so many of my close friends came from that world, but I gave it up because it wasn't cool. And then I rediscovered it. Was that really what it was? You felt pressure to not do it because it wasn't cool. I, Yes. Well, I feel like I, I must have told this story, but in seventh or eighth grade, there was like a musical program at Frost, Robert Frost, uh, just to, not to get it confused with another Frost. <laughs> the poet. Um, not Steve Frost, the coal miner. No, no. Robert Jack Frost, Frost, the poet. The, the fictional winter character. Guy. <laughs> it was in a musical, by the way. Which one? Nutcracker? That's not Jesus. I mean, oh, it's not a musical? Mm-mm. It's a ballet. Oh, different animal right but kind of like a squash to a pumpkin okay uh different on stage with music and so what happened but there's no singing i i signed up for this class it was like a musical theater class and they were going to be putting on i think like charlie brown this was during school mm-hmm. so it was like fifth period or whatever it was and Went for the first couple of classes and I was like, oh, this is my world. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. You're a good man. It was that. Mm-hmm. And they announced that we're going to be doing, they'll, they'll be performing this 
for the other students, like at an assembly or, you know, this will be public. And as soon as they announced that, I was it like, wasn't going to be one of those secret musicals that nobody <laughs> sees. I just didn't know. He took a class. Like, I didn't know there was going to be an actual performance in front of all the other students. Mm-hmm. And I remember after a week, I was like, I, I can't do this. Even though in my heart of hearts, I know it was like all I wanted to do. Like Ugh. to be in a You class. were ashamed. That is, that is tragedy. Yeah. It's heartbreak. And this, I mean, you know, my commitment is a major issue in my life. But I remember walking in because you'd go to the office and tell them like, hey, I, I got to switch classes. This isn't working out for me. And they'd ask you why. And you'd explain. And like, all right, we'll transfer you to typing or whatever, some other demo some elective. boring. Typing that I can do with no shame. <laughs> uh, folks, we're going to be doing a public typing performance <laughs> at the oh, end of no. this class. But walking into this teacher. He types like a girl. <laughs> and ASD. Oh, no. <laughs> so you have to walk into the class that you want to change and because the teacher has to sign it. Oh, and you had to be like. I don't like musical. It's like that old yeller scene. You had to be like, get out of here, musical theater. Get, get. It was an epic moment from the class and like him, like looking like, oh, you're transferring out. And looking in the eye and saying, thanks for the commitment. And you're like 11. It. I know. <laughs> I was probably 13 at the time or 14. But, um, and then him just what giving it to me. What grade were you in? Probably eighth grade. Okay. The truth is coming out about Jamie. But, what a, a, a crazy moment. What's that? What's that called? A, a moment. Um, epiphany? Not epiphany. But a moment in your life where things could have gone a different way. Like had I stuck with what I'd love. Like a sliding doing. door. The road not taken. Bob Frost. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby Frost. And so I've never forgotten that. And it took me 10 or 15 years to get back to that. Like that's what I love doing. And all because it's just I didn't thought the junior high people that I wanted to like me and to, to be popular and girls don't want to French me and all that, like that this would hurt it. <laughs> uh, well, that's too bad, but it's glad you, fa- I'm glad you found your way back. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I want to do of all the things. But I mean, again, but no, no, after the parade and the <laughs> symphony, right? They all involve music. They all involve musical theater. You could no, do the first everything parade. That you talk about is you, you no, but the, that's what I want to yeah. do. You could do the first parade orchestral musical. What about that? I mean, a music man. <clears throat> the well, music. So Vanessa, some music man. my writing partner, Vanessa, if you talk to her, like she knows me so well. Anyway, we spent, <laughs> what? I thought that was the end of the story. Uh, no. If you talk to her, she knows me. We've been writing together for five years, like, you know, a lot. And, you know, written these scripts and all these things. And she, she, if anyone knows me and like my changing, like, no, this is it. No, this is it. Now we know we got to do a podcast. We got to do a Van Jam podcast. And like, she would attest, like the one thing I keep coming back to is musicals. We're supposed to write musicals. That's all. So write one. Yeah. I, I, I have. Write another. I'm going to keep writing musicals. That's fucking awesome. That's all. Anyway, musical theater. It's A-OK in your book. It's A-OK. I support it. It's so funny to me, or it's not funny, but I just, I think about it, that you're saying you felt like people would think less of you if you were in musicals, because I did musicals all through high school and college, and and, and I was also very insecure as a kid and worried about what people thought of me and all that stuff, but it never occurred to me not to do those things, you know? Like I did start playing football in high school because I wanted people to think I wasn't a nerd and I did start playing rugby when I was in college for the same reason, but it never occurred to me to go, wait a second, people 
think mm. I'm weird because I feel I'm like in it's musicals. an East Coast thing too. Really? Yeah. I, it wasn't a like thing. I've talked to so many people and none like, and even like improv. Like most colleges, like even in Santa Barbara, there wasn't like an improv community. But musicals were a much smaller thing. Well, like it was like a big production. And I feel like on East Coast schools and maybe it's an LAUSD thing and money, but it wasn't a a prideful like part mm-hmm. of the the world of our junior high and high school. And um, do you feel it? I don't. Way? Yeah, I don't know what where you went to school specifically, but where I went to school, it was very backward. When it came to gender roles, specifically with things like that in the arts, like even choir, there no guys were in it because they knew that it was social fucking suicide. Mm-hmm. It's like it was sad because because you got to have the bass and the tenor to contrast well, with the soprano and well, the alto. It was almost like if you sing, you're <clears throat> gay and dumb, but then all those people are listening to bands with male lead sing. Like it was like a weird yeah. right. Maybe it's a '90s thing too. I don't know, but it was it was not. We cool. were not woke, that's for sure. <laughs> the opposite. What a terrible era. Ugh. What's your favorite musical, Jamie? That's the last question each time. Um, my favorite musical. I I want to have a good answer, but Book of Mormon being the most recent thing I've seen that really blew me away because it's also the funniest thing ever. I'd have to say that. It's great. And I've heard enough of, you know, Hamilton to know that I, I would probably love it. But I'll say Book of Mormon because it's... My parents are going this weekend. To Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I've been waiting for a while. They bought tickets almost a year ago, I think. Wow. The tickets are on sale for it here. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it, it's it's open from August all the way to at least December 30th. It might be extended into 2018. But um, the prices are... The range is like $2,000 to nine thousand dollars it's just like what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking I'm stuck about? with these four thousand dollars like want to go on a date you got eighteen thousand dollars that's insane very <laughs> more than my overrated. car <laughs> very overrated he's the worst he's a president uh so no I, book of mormon was great i saw it i saw it uh i saw it with you yeah i saw it twice actually i'm so I jealous really i want to see it again um but and actually the you remember who my favorite guy was in that? It was uh, the super gay guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a thing that I never... Is everything all right? What's happening? Are we getting a fax? The sound that we're hearing right now, it happens like once a week in the lab. So everyone in the lab right now who are watching a show that's packed in there, they can hear that too. But it's just right where they detector? are. No one knows what it is? I think it's like a something to do with like the sink in the bar or something. Awesome. Uh, okay, so I'll go next. I'll go next. I um, I was always in musicals. I was in musicals in high school. Um, I remember the first musical really that I think I saw. This is probably not true, but I remember going with my class in sixth grade to see the Mikado, mm-hmm. which isn't technically a musical. It's an operetta, but to me, it's almost the same thing. Like, I don't quite know what the distinction is, but I remember we got in big trouble. Josh Berger and I sang along to one of the songs, which was the Tit Willow song. We thought it was so funny. Willow, Tit Willow, Tit Willow? Because we liked uh, the word titties. Sure. Uh, A lot of people do. A lot of people do. (laughs) So we got in trouble. No, but then, so then I got to high school and I, I have no idea why I did it. 
You know, I got to high school and they were doing a musical and I auditioned. And for the rest of the time I was in high school, I was in all the plays uh, except for senior year. You know, and the thing with high school musicals is, or at least the way it is on the East Coast, I don't know how it is out here on the West Coast, but on the East Coast, you rehearse those things for like three and a half months. Right. I Forever. I thought that's what like professionals did. And right. it like blows my mind. I have my friend Mara who's on Broadway and she's like, yeah, we had three days rehearsal before the Hollywood Bowl. And I'm right. like, oh, right. I thought people had to rehearse for like four no, months. Every day we would go and we had, and there was, there was a couple of different people were directors in high school. I remember a guy named Mr. Lowney who was a scholastic, if you know what that is. Mm-mm. It's like a guy who's aspiring to be a Jesuit priest and studying to be a priest. They call him a scholastic, but they often have he's those just guys like this all night. Ooh, teaching. Well, when he's not <laughs> with his nose in a book, and uh, Mr. Lowney, and then but our our the musical director of every musical was a guy named Father Flood, and Father Flood was a German teacher at the school, and he was the most nervous person I have ever seen. Like it was almost a disorder with him. Like he was like, um, um, okay. Um, uh, uh. And he was kind of a spaz. And, uh, the, the rumor was that he was so nervous that first of all, one year, a bunch of kids in one of his classes, he would turn around to write on the board. And every time he turned around, they would move their chairs an inch further forward so that by the end of the class, they were all right in his face. And then another time, this was in the old, I went to school in the new prep building. In the old prep building, it went up to the third floor and the windows opened. In the new prep, the windows did not open. It was all fully climate controlled. But in the old prep, the windows had opened. They switched Father Flood from the third floor to the first floor, gave him a a classroom on the first floor. And one day, one of the kids opened the window and said, I can't take it anymore, Father. I'm out of here. And jumped out the window. And he like had a heart attack. He had a nervous breakdown because he thought he was back on the third floor and the kid had just killed himself oh in his class. Oh, my God. Uh, but like it's, of course, the people who are nervous, that's who you want to fuck with. Right. Like it's a terrible <laughs> thing, but it's like you become a magnet for <laughs> stressful right. situations. But so he was, our, he was our musical director always. And then senior year, we had a new director who was a guy who had been the... He had done like makeup and stuff for the, you know, he was an older Jesuit priest named Father Leonard, who it turned out was a total asshole. And he. The roller coaster. Well, he wouldn't let Put me. Put the blush on. We were doing. Put the blush on there, you idiot. No, he was a boxer. He was a boxer. He would like see kids in the hallway and, and see just them fucking him. around, just punch them. Yeah. Um, it didn't like lay kids out, you know, uh, which of course is against the law, but you know, super fun. Right. Uh, but he decided that I had to make a choice because the pajama game was going to go up in January and they were going to start rehearsals in October. And he said, I had to make a choice. Did I want to be in the pajama game or did I want to be on the football team? Football ended on Thanksgiving. And I knew by that time that even if I only made it to two months of rehearsals, I would be fine by showtime. Right. Especially if I was in, the chorus where half the time nobody knows what you're doing anyway, right? Uh, he's told me I had to make a choice, and I was on the football team. I wasn't going to quit the football team to be in this musical, so he would not let me. It was the first musical I missed while I was in high school. And I found out years later that my father was so pissed off by this that he actually called 
Father Leonard at the school and laid into him and said that he should not have done that, which was a pretty cool thing for my yeah. father to do. Uh, he didn't he didn't say anything to me at the time. Right. You know, he just did it. But uh, then when I got to college, I was in a bunch of musicals. Oh, and just this is all over the place. But the first musical I did was freshman year, and we did we did <laughs> Carousel. Are you familiar with that it's show? It's a at all? weird show. It is such a weird show, and it's so fucking long. It's like a three-hour show, <laughs> boy. And it's like a guy dies and, and goes to heaven. And then it's like heaven. a dream ballet. Yeah, and, and, and and there's a thing where he like beat his wife while he was still yeah. alive. Like it's such but a he's crazy... still like like maybe character good guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird show, and I think back on that. And my parents came to see it, and they were like, well, "That was good." <laughs> <laughs> Carousel. Sitting there for three hours during the high school version but of Carousel. Songs. Yeah, yeah. But like the story itself is very strange. Fine. Yeah. Um, but so I got to college and I started doing musicals there. Uh, and by senior year, for some reason, I don't. I still don't really know why that is. Two weird things. One was we always did a senior musical in addition to the regular musical. And senior year, I became, and I don't know how this happened, I became chairman of the senior musical committee, which I must have run for it or something, but I don't- Chairman? I don't remember, yeah. And we had a meeting about what show we were going to do, and somehow we decided to do Cabaret, which is another weird musical. It's a good one, though. It's good, but it's also very, it's it's about the Nazis taking over Germany, basically. It's very appropriate for right now. Totally. I always think of that that song- um, which Talk I can't remember. Right Money now. makes the world. <laughs> Not that one. No, no, no. Um, but because it starts off and everyone's a bohemian, right? And it's like very, they're gay, they're all and sleeping they're together, yeah. and then like slowly but surely, Nazis. Oh, tomorrow belongs over. to me. Oh, that's God. that's the song. Which is tomorrow belongs to me is the Nazis singing about how they're going to take over uh, Germany, and so we decided to do that, which I thought was a weird choice. Because, I mean, I, I didn't think it was weird at the time. I was totally on board. Well, but and now you get to I'm see like, the girls in their underwear or whatever. Mm, not really. <laughs> uh, but in Cabaret, I was cast as Herr Schultz, the elderly like Jewish the fruit vendor <laughs> who falls in love for the first time in his life with an elderly woman. And... I sang a song, which is actually not on the cast album, I think, uh, called, I think it was called The Pineapple Song. I sang one song that was all in Yiddish, like it was about a miskite and, you know, crazy. First of all, it was weird for me to be singing solos for the first time. Right. And, uh, but also, so I sang this song, The Pineapple Song, and it's about, it's a, he's a fruit vendor and he's in love for the first time and he gives this woman a pineapple. Which was a big because they're rare. Right. And so that's his expression of his love for her is a pineapple for you. <laughs> and it blows her away. She gets dizzy and she almost falls down and it's this whole thing. And it's very sweet. But after that, uh, somehow, I don't know how I first ran into them. They must have just tracked me down. These three incredibly cute freshman girls would follow me around at parties begging me to sing the pineapple song. Is this why they... I have some like weird memory of you telling a story about freshman girls asking you to, to do something in a dorm room. 
No. Did it have anything to do with a pineapple? No. no, no. I'm just like marrying the story. But it was this thing where where they were like, and, and they were, like I said, they were so cute and adorable. And I was like, come on, you guys. And my friends would all laugh at me like, here come those girls again. They're going to get you to sing the pineapple. But I think probably sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't, whatever. And in retrospect, you know, to me at the time, I was like, they're freshmen. I can't try to hook up with any of them. They're way too young. Like, and now I'm like, like they're three. Was yeah. I insane? <laughs> oh, God. I got some stories like that. They were two years younger than I am. Right. Or I was at the time. <laughs> uh, but the upshot of the whole thing is about a year later after I graduated, I was living in New York City, I think, or wherever I was. One day I got a letter in the mail from two of the girls who were in the process of studying for finals and had decided to write me a fan letter. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that was the first time I ever got fan mail. What did they say? I don't even remember. I still have the letter at home somewhere. You got to read it on air. Yeah, I should. You're right. Uh, I'm sure it's (laughs) nothing exciting, but it was just funny to me that they, they were still thinking Obsessed. about that you but know? but don't you remember I'm, I'm just trying to see things from their point of view I remember when I was a freshman in college uh-huh. the shows that I saw right. like um the the people that were seniors or there were some grad students I thought they were fu- like they were celebrities to me basically mm-hmm. and then you know a few years go by and you're in their position and you're like, oh, it's just a fucking guy who like works at the gap right now. But right. at the time it was like, I'm in the same room as, uh. yeah. So it's like the same thing with like, uh, <clears throat> even UCB and like groundlings when you're a young student and you see the people doing ASCAT and they're doing, doing long shot. <laughs> 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 they're just doing long shot when they're not here. Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that was my first, I still have my first with, Sorry. <laughs> I still have my first fan letter. I, I wish I'd known. I would have brought it if I could find it. I know it's somewhere in my apartment. At Bring home. it next time. When's the last time you did a musical? Was that a long that? time ago? Well, here's a here's a cool thing about improv is that. Oh, this is funny. You'll like this. Uh, cool. No, when I was in Chicago City Limits with Eddie, back in the nineties, ninety three to ninety seven, I think we were there. In the main company show, originally. Chicago City Limits is such an 80s thing. They used to do a lot of song parodies mm-hmm. to end the first half of like, the show. Whose line is it anyway? Uh, Saddam, You're Rocking the Boat is one that I remember. Ooh. No, no, no. These were written song parodies. These Ooh. were things they had written. And they were all that kind of thing, like like, like par- parodies, you know, of current events. I remember one, one year I, I wrote like one. This. I w- No, this is not the part you're going to like. <laughs> uh, I wrote one where there was a giant game where... Uh, all the fans threw snowballs mm-hmm. at everybody that. and on the field, and it was like just mayhem. And I wrote one to the tune of Frosty the Snowman about the Giants fans throwing snowballs. I don't remember it, but, but anyway, that was a big deal. But then th- they got a new. What? Can I say real quick what mm. played in my head? Um, that you did it to the tune of Roxanne, but it was just snow- snowballs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the thing I remember is that the basic why. upshot why? of the song. You don't have to throw the snowball. <laughs> yes. The upshot of the song was that the fans were better at throwing than the quarterback at the time. Like uh-huh. that was the joke of the whole thing. But anyway, they got a new cast in the show and they hated the song parody thing. So they decided they would start doing improvised musicals. So after that, whenever I was understudying and that, you know, in the main company show because somebody was out, I would get to do a musical. And I was not great at it, but I fucking loved yeah. it, you know? It was so fun. And they do it out here. There's a couple of um, 
there's a couple of improvised musical shows, and I got to do one of them once. I don't even remember the name of it. I think there's it. one weekly at I.O. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Probably. it, but I've, Eliza I've heard good things. One. Eliza has one. That might have been the one I did, Diamond Lion, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really good. But anyway, no, the, 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 this is the last thing I'll say about that, is that... So, so I got to keep doing musicals, even though I wasn't really doing yeah. musicals anymore. I haven't done one in a long time. I did see, when I was home, a bunch of VHS tapes of old shows of mine. So at some point, hopefully, I'll to. digitize those and... There was one that goes back to my senior year in high school. I did a show called Dames at Sea. I know Dames at Sea, a tap dance show. Yes. Originally, it was a um, six-person cast. There were only six people in it, and they played different roles and stuff. But I did it at the local girls' high school, which was fun. Yeah. Um, And so there was three guys (laughs) and about 30 girls in the show, which was a lot of fun. Great odds. It it was never actually on Broadway until last year or the year before, it, yeah. and my friend Mara was in it. Oh, she really? was one of the girls. Yeah, I was excited to see that. They She's were doing an it amazing again. tap dancer. Is, it, is Broadway official? Being on Broadway, I don't Broadway? understand the question. There's off Broadway mm-hmm. and there's Broadway. Right? Is there like these are the theaters that are Broadway? Yes. Correct. But but a new one couldn't enter it. It's like no. the Pac-10 or couldn't expand to Pac-12. It's like the Pac-10 or the 50 states. Or it so doesn't off end. Broadway, so you can't put another one in. It, it, does it have to do with the actual physical location? Mm-hmm. Broad on Broadway. Mm-hmm. How many theaters are on there on Broadway? I don't know. Eight. Really? I have no idea. It has to be more than eight. It is more. like eight are nominated yeah. for Tonys. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> off Broadway means it's not on Broadway, but near Broadway. I've anyway, never even thought about the officialness of it. Anyway. So at the time I was doing that show, I was doing another show at a different. There are 41 professional theaters with 500 or more seats. On Broadway? Lo- located in the theater district on Lincoln Center along Broadway. By the way, folks, if you're just joining us uh, <laughs> today, we're learning a lot of information. <laughs> I just skipped through to 68 minutes. and <laughs> Thank you. Um, but... Uh, yeah, at that time I was doing shows at the girls' school near my high school in the Bronx, and then like from three to six, and then going to the local girls' school near my house from seven to ten. The director. What were you, what were you doing at your school? school? Nothing at my school. Oh, it was the it was the girls' school near my school. I thought you were saying you're doing two shows. I'm I was doing two shows. But at two different girls' schools. Two different girls' schools. But yeah. the same show. Two different shows. What show? Where the other show was at that time? It could have been one of two shows. It was either. Uh, what's the show with all the rubes, the hayseeds, uh, uh, Little Abner? Ah, I thought Oklahoma. No, we're doing Little Abner at one girl's school, and we were doing Dames at Sea at another school, or it might have been when we were doing Allegro. Whoa. At, I don't know Allegro. Allegro is a Rodgers and Hammerstein show, but ours was the first ever amateur production of it oh. in New York State, and probably the last, because <laughs> there was a reason nobody ever heard of it. Uh, but it was fun to do the schools, both those schools. So here's the thing I was going to say that you're going to like, which is that on the 12th of February at UCB, I am participating in a rap battle Ooh. in honor of Black History Month. That's awesome. I'm really looking forward. I just found out today. Versus they who? asked me today. Oh, you don't know. I don't know. Um, Colton Dunn asked me to do it, and I have no idea who else is going to be there. That's fucking awesome. Uh, so my favorite musical. Mm-hmm. I really loved Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Guys and Dolls. Mm. I did it in high school. I did it in college. And I just like, I just love that show. Did you play the same part? No. In high school, I don't think I even had a part. I think I was just in the Like in the a course. guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in college, I played a character named Liver Lips Louie. I had one line. And my friend, one Sean, of the gangsters. No. Yeah. He's one of the, I mean, he, I mean, they're all gangsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of Nathan's, uh, buddies. Um, and I still remember the college production, you know, there's that whole number where they go to Havana and I had no, I mean, I had one line in the whole show and they mentioned like three people by name in the review that they wrote in the college paper. And I was one of them, and it was because of my dancing in the Havana scene. And people were pissed that I got mentioned, and they did not. What kind of dancing did you do? Paint a picture with your you'll, words. You'll, you'll find out someday. Sounds like a threat. But yeah, guys and dolls. Hey, Nathan. I'm little lips Louie. I wish I could remember my line. I can't. Uh... But Amber, tell us about musicals. I wish I could sing. I, I feel like I was Me like too. put on this earth to do musicals, yeah. except I don't. I am missing a piece. I I went gung-ho without knowing I couldn't sing. And um, I think I've told this story before, but I, I did a lot of plays within the community. And I was cast as a lead pretty young. I was like eight or nine, which is pretty like... Very. I made people jealous. How tall were you? <clears throat> Very short. <laughs> and um, what percentile? <laughs> low, or I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um. So it was called Dance of Light, and it was about the solar system. And I was Planet Earth. That's a main part for sure. And it was, um, it was really fun. Except they slow. My best friend at the time, Crystal, she played Venus. So we got to stand next to each other and it was really cute. Like everyone got cast as their personalities, even though we were kids. Like, I don't know. It was funny. Wait, um, is Venus next to Earth? Mm-hmm. Earth, Venus? Really? Do you know the order? My very excellent mind just served up nine planets. I thought Mars would be closer. I think it's my very excellent mind just served up nine. I, I think right? those yes. are the two that are next to us, Right. I don't even know. I haven't Mars thought about it. Mars and Venus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're correct. <laughs> yes. Indeed. So you're next to Venus. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, the director starts giving Crystal um, parts of my songs. And like by the end, I don't have a song. I'm like, I sing when everyone sings, but I don't have a like a pineapple. I don't have like my. So solo. Venus is seeing Earth. They just like fudge the lyrics to be like, let's talk about our sister Earth like, instead oh, right. of like I statements. Like Venus it's like has um, continents. And um, I started doing community theater pretty early. It might have even been before that or around the same time where I like I went into town, Corona, which felt like a big metropolis. And mm-hmm. it was like a te- it, was, it was so much smaller of a town than it is now. And um, I went to the Civic Center and auditioned. And the name of the show was Nobody Loves a Dragon. I did Nobody Loves a Dragon. No, you did not. I did. No, really? you didn't. Yes. I didn't know. I've never met anyone I've who's never done heard of this. It was the prince. Wow. Yeah. I was singing flower slash townsperson. <laughs> um, but I remember. 
I am a prince, an average prince. <laughs> I play on my turrets all day. And candied watermelon cake. I can't even remember that. That's what the dragon liked. And so for my birthday that year, I was like, I want a candy watermelon cake. And my parents were like, that's not a thing. <laughs> I think you can. It is. They sang about it. Yeah. Dragons love it. And I also was like, I want to go to Sesame Street. And they're like, not a place. It is. I see kids there on TV. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Jolly Ranchers. There's watermelon right. Jolly Ranchers. That's so funny. I totally forgot about Nobody Loves a Dragon. Because that was in community theater after I was out of school. Oh, because I've never heard of, I thought it was like a play that this community, it, it's so not famous. Right. It would be off Broadway. Uh, uh, yeah. It was like written for junior highs or something. Yeah. Um, But what I remember, they cast me and it felt, I was very, very small. And I remember, this sounds conceited, but whatever. Like I couldn't sing, but they just were taken aback by how cute I was. So I was the youngest person in the cast. I got in and I remember um, as the flower, like I had a fucking like petals coming out of my head and wore like a green leotard. Like it was classic. Um, and the par- singing part I had was And they kept, you can't sing. And they kept being like louder. I think you're going to like her. She's a real Lulu. So that's, um, I remember that. And then I, somewhere along the line, realized I couldn't sing. And, and even in college, I was in school with, I, at Cal State Fullerton, and they have an amazing musical theater program. So I was like, I'll take advantage of it. I took the musical theater, um, I took as many dance classes as I could because they set some aside just for the musical theater kids. And then I even took like singing for the actor and stuff. And it was just, I just didn't get better. So I, it might be psychological, but. Um, I think singing a lot of times is psychological, you know? And also there's this thing of like just recognizing what your voice is and using right. it that like, way. Like I don't think I would have, um, I think I could sing better than I thought I did, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I have like a beautiful. So you just have to find the songs where that voice works, you know? Um, By the way, that reminded me, I'm sorry to add on to my story. First of all, my song was not called the pineapple song. It was called, it couldn't please me more. That was the name of the song. It was just about a pineapple. He gives her a pineapple (laughs) and he says, you know, uh, if you went to get some air or grabbed a chair to keep from fainting dead away, it couldn't please me more than to see you cling to the pineapple I bring. Like he was very excited that she Aww. was happy about the pineapple. But what it reminded me of was that I was lying when I said that, that was my first musical because I did a musical when I was in third or fourth grade. It was like an after school drama program. And <clears throat> it was all over the city of Nurchelle. Uh They did it at all the different schools or at least four different schools because we did a production of I don't know if it was the Wiz or the Wizard of Oz or a hybrid of those things um the Wiz of Oz but well because it was a bunch of different they they tried to get everybody to do as much as they possibly could so for example the part I was cast in in (laughs) the Wizard of Oz was I played Blinky the cat. You remember Blinky oh, yeah. the cat? My favorite part was yeah. us. There were four cats <laughs> in the show. I I like when there's five. Yeah, but there were four cats in the show and their names were like Blinky, Winky, Inky, and Stinky or in something like, like that. In like what part? In what world? We had a number which was basically uh, from the Aristocats, I think, you know, and they just like 
jammed it in there. But what I remember about that is we had to wear leotards uh-huh. and tights mm-hmm. because we were cats. I had a pair of sunglasses that I had on my head and I kept on asking people where my glasses were because I couldn't see anything. That was Blinky's part. <laughs> and the joke, of course, being that they were right on top of my head. Uh-huh. Uh, but the first time we wore our leotards, my friend Derek, who is literally one of the most talented people any of us has ever met. Wow. Um, he played his clarinet solo at Carnegie Hall. I mean, in other words, in concert by himself. Um, he's also an incredibly talented composer of new music, which is maybe not for most people's tastes, but as far as those people go, he's... Anyway, he came in with his leotard on and his tights, and he had taken off his underpants. So you could see right through the leotard. To his cock. His cock and balls. His that was, cock and that balls. Was for your in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> and he, nobody, he didn't know it until he came out, and it was like, oops. Oh, God. Yeah, and this was in third grade. Imagine right, that's like... like- um, and then the other thing was we all had to have tails. Our moms had to make us tails. And my mom, for all her amazing qualities, is not a Taylor. craftsperson of any sort, you know? So everybody else had these amazing tails, and mine was basically looked like a, a hanger. You no, know, it was like it was like a stocking with, you know, rubber bands around <laughs> it stuffed with stuff. So it looked almost like a sausage or something, you know. <laughs> uh, but that was my first musical. Uh, and so. you got the bug. And I got the bug. Although I didn't do it again for five or six years, you know. Um, all right. Well, this feels like, a, oh, what's your favorite musical? Did um, you say? Well, I, I wasn't done. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I was. I, I, um, my favorite musical, I, I mean, I really fell in love with Hamilton, but it feels almost like a basic hack answer. Um, I've I've really gotten into Waitress. I'm, I haven't seen it live, but I've listened to the um, soundtrack, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. over and over again. And it's the original really, cast recording. Mm-hmm. And um, I like chess. I just have like fun personal memories because one night in Bangkok all my friends did it in college and it's such a silly show it's a weird show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would Tommy be considered a musical yeah it's absolutely a musical okay and Phantom of the Opera mm-hmm. just throw them out there other ones I like um I really I've gotten into company recently mm-hmm. it's really good songs um how do you get into them I just listen to them at work while I'm working it's a nice mix. I think I've talked about this before because uh, sometimes when I'm doing like some menial task, I like to either listen to a podcast or a book on tape or music and picking a musical. It's like both at the same time because you're getting a narrative and music mm-hmm. and it's fun. Um, but yeah, I would like to I would like to play a specific character in Waitress so bad. Not the main character. Like, I I don't even dream that high. Customer? No, like, it's her, like, best, her, like, wacky best friend. Maitre (laughs) d'. And, um, but yeah, it's fun. I, so yeah, (laughs) musicals. That's it. I feel like you have more you wanted to add. Why do you feel like that? Because of your demeanor? Um, I feel... Oh, the other thing, I I know I've talked about this before, but again, I went to this amazing musical theater school. My best friend, Abby, is an amazing singer, like brings you to tears, such a beautiful voice. Her range, she's like a operatic soprano 
coloratura, whatever you call it. Like she's incredible. All four years of school, she didn't cast get cast in any singing parts. Every single fucking show I got cast in, I had to sing a song. Like they weren't musicals, but it was like, and then your character goes out and, and you know, sings and that's how the act ends. And I was like, are you, both of us are like, are you fucking kidding me? So that was funny. What does Abby do now? Um, she's writing songs now every once in a while. I'm I know Abby. Her to do that more because Abby she's that we know? Yeah. Oh, hell. Um, so what's your favorite musical? I said Hamilton, Waitress, Company. Oh, you just are picking a bunch of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's kind of cheating. I also did um, Barnum. Did you ever do Barnum? No. That was fun. I never saw Barnum. I did see, I do remember seeing the commercials all the time for a while in uh, in New York when Joel Gray was, was the ringmaster or Jim somebody or other. I can't remember. But that was, you know. 35 years ago or something. Uh, all right. Well, this feels like a good place to take a break. So let's do that. And we will be back in a moment with a segment that we like to call checking in. No, make it stop. <laughs> we are back. You are listening to the long shot. It is a podcast and it's time for a segment that we like to call parting shots. Uh, why don't we start parting shots today with me? So I flew home for the holidays, flew back. When I got back to LA, for some reason, I don't even know why I felt this way, but I got off the plane. I, 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 really, I can't stand air travel. Not that anybody likes it, but... It's just a fucking nightmare. But I got off the plane. I had my rolling suitcase and my backpack, and I was just exhausted and irritated. And I was like, before I even venture into the fray of Los Angeles, let me just sit down in this empty airport bar and have a drink now that Mm. I'm home. So I sat down, and I sat there for 15 minutes. No service. And now I'm even more irritated than I was before. And I was like, fuck this. So I got up, took my bag, went out to the curb, called myself an Uber. And as I was waiting for the Uber, I realized that I had left my backpack in no. the bar when I sat down. So I went. And now they think it's a bomb or whatever. Well, Ugh. just wait. Oh. So I went back inside to the counter and I said... I left my backpack in a bar. Can you get it for me? And she said, no, you need to go through security and go back inside. But don't you have to have a ticket to go through security? I, she gave me a vouch. Oh, gave got, me it, a got thing. it, got it, got it. She's like, you have to go back inside and get it yourself. Now, if you know it all. That's your favorite part of <laughs> About travel. my thing with traveling it's the fucking dog and pony show of going through security that i hate the absolute most let alone so i waited online for another hour went back through security went right up to a policeman who was inside and said i left a bag in a bar nearby do you know anything about it and he was like i don't know anything about it why don't you go in and see if they picked it up so I went back to the bar, not there. Ugh. And by the way, it's had my computer in it. It had, you know, 
it, not there. So I went back to the same cop at the front and I said, I left my bag there. Do you know anything about it? And he was like, oh yeah, my partner has it. You need to go talk to him. So I go to this other cop who's all the way around, you know, I mean, it's just a fucking nightmare. Right. So I go to this other cop and I'm like, I think you might have my bag. And he's like, what does it look like? And I said, you know, it's a fucking bag. It's a knapsack. It's green and gray and whatever. And he goes, I got something back here. What's in it? And I said, uh, well, it's my computer and a book and a tablet and, you know, and he goes, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is yours. What's up with the gun in the bag? No. How is this not your checking in? And I go. My stomach just dropped. I go. Yeah, that's funny. I'm, I'm hilarious, but can I just have the bag? And he goes, no, I'm serious. What's up with the gun in the bag? And I go, well, so now I think he's being like my dad. And I go, well, you got to be prepared for everything, right? You never know what's going to happen on the oh, plane. God. And he goes, there's no gun in the bag. Don't do that again. And he gives it back to me. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Don't, don't do, do what, what again? again? Yeah. Don't, don't leave my bag there again. Right. But okay. like, okay. <laughs> So I guess he was joking or like testing to see if you it was had- just so fucking weird because it was so unfunny. And this was yeah. before this thing that just happened, this horrible thing in Fort Lauderdale. Right. But like, how is that? I, I just didn't. I was like, what is wrong with you? You know, um, so that was my that was my return to Los Angeles was not having a gun in my knapsack. Thank uh. goodness I didn't pack it this time. Um, <sighs> worst, I'm like filled with anxiety now. Yeah, that's was definitely what I was bad doing. Cop. It was so stupid. Like, what what point was he trying to make? I don't get it. You know, Lord. Uh, there were drugs. Yeah, a gun. Right. A prostitute. What's up with the Koran in your backpack? <laughs> um, some interesting stuff. <laughs> I'm a world traveler. Uh, okay, so Jamie, parting shots. Parting shot. Uh, earlier in the show, I made reference to a, a video game called Arachnoid, mm-hmm. but it was actually Arkanoid, was what I meant to say. I caught it very quickly, but for people that are into early Nintendo shit, they might have said Arachnoid sounds like a spider game, or Arkanoid That's was what I was thinking. just uh, blocks and a ball and a thing that Ooh, that sounds blocks. right up your alley. Like Tetris. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, young freshman girls being into you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and being like they're young, but now you're like two years, right? But it feels like a big difference. It does. When I was in sixth grade, I went to Camp Lazy J. I'm sure I've mentioned. Is this, this. about you molesting a child? Lazy no, no. J. Me getting molested by a child. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but it was the first summer that we. It's a weird name for a kids' camp. Lazy J. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It was in like it the Malibu like, Mountains. It sounds like a Snoop Dogg album. Well, the the guy, yeah, the guy who <laughs> who ran it was Lazy <laughs> yeah. J. It is weird. How you doing? Today we're gonna sit around a lot. <laughs> it was up in Topanga or Malibu. I remember driving up there because we we're going for a week, me and my sister together, and cause it was our first sleepaway camp for like over for a week. And I remember seeing Weird Al Yankovic acapella on the way there and my parents think it was hilarious the song called um those were the days which is kind of like a weird owl trying to be james taylor and knowing all the lyrics and they're like jamie do you write this and like now it's weird owl 
that's a fun aside. She should have just been like, yeah, that's me. But being at this camp and like me and my sister like felt like outcasts. Like it was like these kids have been going there every year for uh-huh. their whole life. And then like these two new kids and my, but so I would end up like at all the group activities, just me and my sister would find each other. And she had these two girlfriends and they were a year younger and they're so cute. I remember them. so cute. And I was telling myself, I was like doing my weird, stupid, like those voices. They thought it was so funny. Did you do the links? The links had not been born yet, mm. but kind of had been born right around them. I remember my sister, like on the third or fourth day, me like these girls, they think you're cute. They like you. And I was, but I was also like 11 or 12. So yeah. not even at the age where it was, that was, but I remember my response being, Oh, they're, they're too young for me. Right. They're too young for me. But at that age, I would argue you were right because a year makes a huge difference in development. Also, what would I have done? I don't know, but I, I might have had my first holding hands experience. Finger bang city. I don't, it was please, not even on my radar. Please don't. <laughs> but they were, I remember them thinking they were so cute, but I was like, oh, nope. Did you my ever age. do the, did you ever have like the equation? No. Like you, I'm trying, I was trying to remember, but it's something we had where it's like, you you take how old you are and divide it by two and then like add your shoe size or something. And that's like how young you can date. I remember we talked about it in high school. So we were really cool. If you're <laughs> Luckily I have tiny feet. I I do have tiny feet. Or maybe it was your half of your age plus half of your shoe size rounded up. No, it makes sense. If you're sixteen, <laughs> half of your age is eight uh-huh. plus your shoe size for me is what is my shoe size? So you could date girls as young as 25 when you were 16. <laughs> I, I think it's half of your shoe size. Okay, so four Listeners, and a half. if you know the equation, send so in. right now I can date... I was 16. I could date a 12-year-old. I'd do, do it. Are you doing half of your shoe and half of your age? Yeah. I could date a 19-year-old. Or tw- like 19 and a half. Wait, you half round your up, age? You round up. Yeah. So 20. 20. So half your age. Plus mm-hmm. half your shoe size or so something. 20 plus... So 24. Yeah. All right. Your size eight? I can't even think of my shoe size. Eight and a half, I think. I think I'm a size so, so 25. Is how so 25. I think I'm eight and a half. Oh, I th- I'm not going to do it because it I don't want up. people to know how So if you've got are. big feet, you can't date young. <laughs> right. No. That makes sense. I'm. Thank God I have smaller feet. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God for that blessing. It's worked out. So. I'm changing my Tinder preferences right now. Um, teeny feet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but it has nothing to do with my cock size. You're allowed to be young. <laughs> um, Stop saying cock, P.S. I know. It feels weird for me saying it as you hearing it. <laughs> Especially in reference to your own cock. I know. Oh. That was across the line. That I don't uh, Amber, parting shots. Um... I wanted to say that I've been doing this thing. Uh, I think thankfulness is important. And I have been doing this exercise where I have been texting 10 things that I'm thankful for that day to both Abby and Sean. Which I'm very grateful for. <laughs> I'm like, I'll stop any second. No, no, no. I love it. I love it. So many things. It is so many things. But it runs the gamut. You like right. of like it's a wide... it could be like the dumbest thing and something really deep. Right. Like it's um but honest to God, it's changed my life for the better already. And I've only been doing it a week. like a week. Yeah. Um because I'm just you're you're just clock because you need to come up with 10 things by the end of the day. So you're clocking 
things as they happen that you notice like oh i really like fucking hot cocoa or whatever it is aerial paper and so you're <laughs> you're just in that mode I don't know if I've just had like a good week, but I I think that this exercise, I highly fucking recommend it. It's also a fun, um, like Abby and I don't get to see each other all the time. So this is like a nice, like it's sort of like sharing our days without actually writing everything that happened because it Mm -hmm. becomes like a diary entry, but not as categorized, not as linear. Yes. But you kind of get the sense of like what the The person person was up to. And I really recommend it. Whether you just write it in your own journal or you send it to somebody or you, like you were doing some public ones, Sean, which I find it, um, like I kind of like it a little private Mm -hmm. because some of the ones are dumb, like, but who cares? Yeah. I mean, I was doing it on Facebook, still am. Uh, Initially, maybe it was supposed to be every day and I decided that that was too much pressure and too much information. So I have uh, been doing sort of longer single things. Uh, which I enjoy as well and have been getting a nice response from people yeah. too. Other people have, have based on that, done similar things. Um, so I, I do think that putting good into the world is good, you know, <laughs> and anything you're thankful for is a good thing. Well, I've it- seen your posts and I've been, I think the first one was Amber. Right? No, no, no. You're looking at somebody else's Facebook page. Your first one was Obama. And I wrote, I commented, dude, I'm doing this. Cause like I had already One of your first that. ones was Amber. Yes. No. I was second. You were second. But in any case. It's like, Obama me. And, it, and I'll take it. <laughs> but you're, Sean is someone that has a lot of gripes with the world. Uh huh. And every time I've read one of your things, I'm legit inspired. Like Sean is showing gratitude right now. And I, how can I not have gratitude in the world? I already have another one lined up. Yeah. Got one in the pipe. Um, I won't get into what it is, but it's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> You're competitively grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for competition. Yeah. I'm grateful to be the best at this. <laughs> what you got? Sean, I really appreciated how you were thankful for me too. So, all right, oh. take it easy. See, that's the weird thing. I know thing. everyone's no, I like, was, I, I, was, I was trying to make Jamie feel bad. If oh, he was, was, if he's already <laughs> been appreciative of you, then I'm definitely a little bit jealous. That right was now. the joke. So, no, okay. somebody wrote like on the on the second day of it or something like yeah. that. Somebody was like, "Can't wait. When to are you going to get to me? Maybe June sometime." So I did him the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, folks. This has been the long shot. It couldn't please me more. That nobody loves a dragon. Because it's over dialogue, so you can keep talking. Tell me if you did this. When we did Nobody Loves a Dragon, we used to sing, Nobody Loves a Dragon. I was too young. I wouldn't have gotten the reference. All right. This has been The Long Shot. We'll see you next time. At some point in the history of the world, there will be The Long Shot, the musical. Okay. What is that? How much fun? Can I do myself? You would love it. Oof. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Goodbye.
For past, present, and future episodes of The Longshot Podcast, please visit thelongshotpodcast.com. 